Hello, Rich Bolas here, and thank you for downloading this episode of the Dad Mindset Show. Today, I chat again with clinical psychology registrar Arnie Phillips, aka the Child Whisperer, as part of our coronavirus lockdown series. This week, Arnie and I discuss where people are at on the grief cycle regarding lockdown. We also go into coming to terms with things and making the most of the situation in general. Again, I need to stress that the content of this podcast doesn't constitute, nor should it be considered, specific psychological advice for you or your child. As with all medical, physical and mental health queries you may have, the best place to start is with your family GP or your child's paediatrician. That being said, I hope you enjoy this chat with Arnie Phillips. Arnie Phillips, welcome back to the show. We're back again. We are. How have you, how have you been? It's been another interesting week. Yeah. Another, <laughs> what are we at? Five or six weeks in lockdown now. I've I've completely forgotten. Well, don't that. call it lockdown. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I definitely think the the um, social distancing was the wrong uh, vernacular to use. Uh, nomenclature. Yeah. I, I don't know which one, but um, it it totally should have been physical distancing, and and not put any negative connotation on social because we absolutely yes. wanted people to stay social, uh, but we want them to stay apart. So it should have been yeah. physical distancing, lean into the social. Um, but uh, that was an opportunity yeah. missed, I think. There. <laughs> well, save that for COVID twenty or whatever the next one is. Yep. <laughs> oh no, don't even go there. <laughs> Let's just make it through this one, Arnie. <laughs> We're experts at it now, though. Come on. <laughs> so, I mean, um, yeah, what's been going on like this week? Have you had much feedback from you know clients you've been working with, Arnie? Yeah, it's been interesting. I was. Um, thinking back when we were preparing for this session, I was thinking back to the past three weeks and seeing, well, for the past week and kind of seeing how it compares to probably the past three weeks of homeschooling because that's been when I think the reality of quarantine has kind of sunk in for a lot of families. Um, And I think, I feel like it's been an amplification um, or turning the volume up on all those emotions that have been experienced in those first two weeks of the homeschooling so um from a a negative or an unhelpful perspective some of the emotions have been feeling overwhelmed and frustrated with the situation that we're in now um feeling trapped and isolated so you know i've had some clients saying they feel like a trapped animal um and these are you know young primary school students coming up with very poetic ways of describing the yeah. current situation. So that's been um, interesting. There's, and then parents have been describing the children or their homeschool students as being defiant, lazy, avoidant, disengaged, um, difficult to get motivated. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that's, of... not, that's not just the parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So. Wow. Um, yeah, they're the, I guess they're the difficult or negative kind of emotions that people have been feeling. Yeah. The more positive ones, um, some clients have said that they've been flourishing or their parents have said that they've been flourishing in this new setting. Yeah. Um, they're excelling in school. They've been a lot calmer. Um, and I think the anxiety that some of the clients have been feeling about the school, attending school and that pressure in terms of, um, you know, the perfectionist tendencies, they've been a little bit reduced as well, having 
some sort of a structure yeah. that they can put in place, but having some control over that structure and the routine. Just removing a lot of the variables, anxiety. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Removing variables and also giving some sense of autonomy over their what their day looks like. So, yeah. you know, being able to go out and get a drink of water or a cup of tea in an actual lesson yeah. um, for some clients, that's, you know, what they're jumping at. So, um, and as a result, um, I was chatting with one client through the week and his parents said that he's having the best term that he's had in the past two years. So That's incredible. That, it, yeah. It's going to be really interesting, don't you think, Arnie, that some students that not necessarily have flourished in school are going to flourish in this new environment. But what does that say then? You know, there's there's a great study there to be done with, yeah. um, you know, totally different environments suiting different personality types. Exactly. And I, th- I think the great thing about this situation is that it's forced us into the homeschool setting. It's forced us into working from home. Um, and there would have been a lot of workplaces that, from my past experience, you know, workplaces that would have pushed back on anyone working from home or you need special um, exemption to not have to come into the office and do your nine-to-five job. Um, There's countless workplaces, organisations, schools that have now, you know, in the space of two or three weeks, flipped and got the entire workforce home, got all the students home and still doing a level of um, work. So I think... For some people, that hasn't worked, but just like coming into work nine to five, five days a week or coming into school from nine till three, five days a week doesn't work for some kids, but it does work for others. I think it's going to, it'll increase that, um, the potential for a lot more flexibility in how people work, how people attend school yeah and how workplaces where they do it uh you know work as well because i mean obviously there's going to be the the same happening in workplaces where some people will absolutely flourish at home you know get way more um you know better work done um because maybe they don't work as well in a a busy noisy environment or something like that could be all those sort of layers in there be like you say interesting for the corporations that might not normally embrace home working to then see the data come through from some staff go well geez billy should work at home because he's like twice as productive or something like that yeah yeah exactly and then there's the you know the bottom line of we don't have to lease six floors in the cbd we can just lease two floors have a lot of hot desks yeah and then set everyone up at home yeah yeah it's uh, definitely going to be quite different when we go back I mean, because, um, well, we were chatting before as well about, I suppose this is much more a, a familial perspective, you know, going back to not being in lockdown and hugging, like, what's that going to be like? <laughs> People aren't going to rush back to it straight away, I don't think. Or or some yeah. will completely go into, yep, we're straight into hugging again. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there'll be some that are like have missed it and they need that physical contact. They need to hug people. Or they need to at least shake hands or pat their mates on the back when they see them. And that um, type of interaction, there'll be people who jump at the chance. Yeah. But as you were saying, there'll be 
people who are hesitant, you know. And some that will never do it again. <laughs> like I'm never yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll be like I'm never yeah. touching someone's hand ever again. <laughs> Scarred yeah, for life. Exactly. The boy <laughs> in the bubble. Yep. <laughs> so um yeah, what what other things have you seen and anything else? Um I think well, as we were talking about um earlier, I think, you know, the stages of grief different families are going through that you mentioned it's a <laughs> yeah i think it's a really good way to look at it to, um, to give a bit of clarity i think because uh, i explained to you didn't i only that i think we've we've actually negotiated and and gone through the the, the complete five steps of grief <laughs> over the last few weeks and uh, yeah. it was only when i looked it up the the is it the how do you pronounce it the kubler ross grief cycle yeah. um yeah. but yeah we definitely went through denial and then there's a bit of anger <laughs> and anxiety and then we hit depression or I, I think definitely overwhelm. Um, yep. Then there's probably last week was a big week of bargaining, pushing yep. back and forth, uh, trying to, you know new things out, exploring different avenues, um, find out what really works and what didn't. And then I think this week's definitely been one of acceptance. Um, yep. I think we've, I wouldn't say we've come out the other side <laughs> unscathed, but we definitely feel like we've found the things that work for us. And yeah. we've let go of a whole bunch that just doesn't work. <laughs> so uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Everyone goes through those stages of grief in different speeds. It'd be interesting to ask your kids and see when they hit acceptance. <laughs> they might have yeah. hit it the very first day of homeschool and they're like, now's our chance to just push dad because he's still in that denial stage. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. But, um, because you were saying it felt like a, a lot of you know people you were talking to were still sort of going through that, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, looking back on, um, as I was saying before, the amplification of the emotions over the past two weeks is really what this third week of homeschool has been about. I'd say a lot of families are in that stage of in between the anger, moving into the frustration and depression, yeah. kind of stages of, yeah, this has really sunk in. The novelty's worn off of the first couple of days of homeschool. Um, the kids aren't as interested in it. The reality is sinking in about, you know, what life is like <laughs> for sun, school. The Sonny and Cher hitting the radio every morning when the alarm clock rings. <laughs> I got you, babe, like on Groundhog yeah. Day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Watch out for that step. That's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's such um, a good film. <laughs> <laughs> so appropriate right now. <laughs> it is. You're watching that every day, are you? Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the first two hours of homeschool. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's interesting. And I was talking to a, a, a Danish friend because they um a while back actually and i think the danish approach is is has has been jiggling around in my head a bit this week and um he they i think denmark scored really high or or came top on the the world happiness index or something at one stage and um he was asked like how do you do it and he goes well we we just have really low expectations <laughs> that's why we're happy <laughs> and um and i think that's been a big thing for for me this week, just lowering my expectations and letting go of a whole bunch of stuff that I thought we we should, or yeah, letting go of a whole bunch of shoulds, and yeah. and just opening my eyes a bit and going, well, what have we got on the table here? What what's actually working? Let's just lean into that, and yeah. and accepting what we can get done. And it's 
it's actually been radically different this week. Like really, yeah. I'm not saying it's good, but it's it's certainly not bad. And and there were definitely very good bits in it. So I think yeah, yeah that yep. lowered lowered expectations have been my friend this week. <laughs> taking that Danish approach, yeah. And I guess you know taking that taking the Australian approach as well of if something does go wrong, lowering the frustration levels and saying you know she'll be right. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. You don't want to dismiss it, but you know we're in very difficult circumstances here. So, um, kind of giving yourself, cutting yourself some slack, as I've said many times in the past. Yeah, yeah, and I think it wasn't helped early on. And I know people were trying to help and and look on the bright side and that, but there was a lot of talk of, oh, we're in lockdown now. You know, it's a great opportunity to learn new things, learn a new language, you know, and, all, and, and that's just like ratcheting up the expectations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think we were, I know, I certainly was like, oh, wow, yeah, this could be amazing, you know. Um, yeah. But then you You're layer like, on. Great, I was going into this as a, you know, monolingual skippy and now <laughs> yeah. at the end of it. Kind of polyglot. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I think uh, letting go of all that stuff has been brilliant. And, and I think that, you know, it has sort of, it has, definitely has got a silver lining. I mean, time with family. There are times this week when I've looked across and gone, you know what? I wouldn't have had that conversation with Will. Or, you know, I wouldn't have spent that time with Annie. This is actually really precious. And I think yeah. that's, you know, we are super lucky. And um, and I think, yeah, just smelling smelling the roses. Well, maybe they're not roses, but um, <laughs> smelling the daisies maybe. Um yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been good. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think <laughs> another good thing that's come out of it is how people are using or people are finding different ways to connect mm. with yes. family yeah. and friends. Um and not only that, but they're reaching I think a lot of people are broadening that base of family Regular friends, contacts. broadening their social circle. Yeah. yeah. Um so I think that's been a really good thing as well, you know. Perhaps people you might see once or twice a year. Um, now they're becoming a fortnightly. Let's chat with them on Friday night, or let's make it a you know Saturday morning breakfast. We catch up over yeah. virtual and, coffee, and you can actually catch up with way more people if you want to. Not raising the expectations, of course, but thinking about <laughs> it, you, you could actually have a, fi- a Friday night beer with two sets of households separately yeah. and just go yeah you know seven till eight thirty we're going to catch up with these guys and oh yeah we'll call you in at eight thirty, and then you catch up with another group rather than having yeah. them over for dinner and then you're stuck with them all night <laughs> Not that that's a bad <laughs> thing but you know you've you've cut off one option but um yeah, yeah it's uh, i think you're right and i mean i've even found like my dad's even got on whatsapp it's been quite yeah, okay. <laughs> quite a big step for him so <laughs> i've been flooding him with photos and stuff like that so that is something I didn't Your really think was going to happen. Your dad's not Scott Morrison, is he? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> He's on WhatsApp too. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've done the same thing. I've kind of uh, caught up with a couple of friends and had beers over, um, I think we did Microsoft Teams. But, yeah, it was great to just sit there and chat. These were a couple of guys I used to work with. Um, we saw each other once in the past three years i reckon wow because it's hard to Um, arrange those things yeah and you know two months ago three months ago the idea of 
let's have a video chat and have a beer in our own homes, <laughs> people would have been like, that's a bit anti-social. Yeah, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now it's, you know, the height of social engagement, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that being said, though, I think it has been hectic. And I totally fell off the wagon this week with pandemic. And um, yep. and I think it's because there has just been so much on. I, I don't, I, I think I, I was quite envious of people saying that they'd been binging Netflix because I haven't even fired it up once, like except for the kids' <laughs> TV shows. I'm like, geez, where are people getting all this time? And um, talking to a few others, yourself included, it sounds like there's a lot more people that are way more hectic than before. And yeah. and it just the, there is that element you've got to be careful because you can burn out if you're just on the whole time and and yep. I've definitely noticed that oh yeah there aren't that many breaks in the week for you know yeah. to just not do anything you know just to take a breath yeah yeah exactly and I think a lot of that time is spent getting our head around the new situation early on in the restrictions um, you know as we were going through stage one, stage two, stage three restrictions and new policies were coming out, new regulations about how we can run business and how we can interact socially and as um, professionals, what do we do, how are we allowed to provide our service to different people. So, you know, from a psychologist perspective, all the allied health, all the general health, um, commercial finance, accounting, everyone was almost being dictated to in terms of this is the new world that you're operating in and this is how you're allowed to provide services in that new world. So it felt like on a nightly basis we were trying to, you know, we're waiting on the latest memo from the government. It was, isn't Trying it? to it understand was, yeah. it. Yeah. 24-hour cycle. All right, let's change business for tomorrow. But if you get it wrong, don't worry because, you know, give it another 12 hours and things will change again. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it was kind of we were going in that cycle and that has eased off. but. I think there's still that whole concept of having to get your head around this new world order. Yeah. Um, what does life look like for us today? For Again, I'm fortunate that I don't have that extra demand of trying to work out how am I going to do my job and do this homeschooling. Yeah. Um, but countless people do. Families all across Australia, all across the world are trying to do that homeschooling activity um different schools are doing different things for different students um and so there's no right way or wrong way to do it this is new for everyone but yeah it, it's just a hectic um challenge that everyone's in and i think the um the for me my day kind of starts i'll have a coffee outside just sit there with the dog thinking about things that starts off around 6.30 or 7 and then it feels like I'm busy until, you know, 8, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I've just got enough time for an episode of Bluey and <laughs> – Yeah, that's – got to fit that in. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> but that's – yeah, I've managed to find time to become addicted to Bluey actually, so – yeah. Oh, has, it, has it only been a recent thing? Yeah, yeah. Well, my nephews came and stayed early March, and we watched a few then, and um, I reluctantly watched it. Yeah. But 
about two minutes into the first episode, I was like, maybe we'll watch two tonight. What do you <laughs> yeah, <reckon>? that's right. <laughs> Tell you what, the, Joe Brum and the team, they've done a phenomenal job pulling that together. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's it's great. a great I show. It. Yeah. I, I could bang on for hours about how good that show is, <laughs> but it's it's definitely been a, a helping hand in sort of tempering or, or, or I like to think it frames your day if you watch it in the morning. I mean, waking up and yeah, okay. watching it with Will, it almost sets you off in the right direction because you've gone, oh, yeah, we could do that. Or, yeah, that's a yeah. cool idea. And yeah, so okay. it's a, a really good um, inspiration for the day. So is Bluey like the new Jesus? If something <laughs> goes wrong, you say to Will, what would Bluey do? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Actually, in my case, it would be what would Bandit do? Because <laughs> that's the dad. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, yeah, I much prefer that. That's great. <laughs> it's got legs. Um, nice. <laughs> so, um, but but that being said, I mean, it's because it's such a playful um, way of parenting, and and there's I, I think there's a lot less judge judgment in it, and I think that's you know it's it's great. I, I really. Yeah. I really do like it. They've done a fantastic job, and they deserve all the credit they're getting for for going yeah. like global now. It's it's just going yeah. off the charts. Yeah. If no, you haven't, right. if you haven't checked it out yet, definitely check out Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, saying that though, um, with the you know, spending time in the morning, I think that has also been a piece of the puzzle that I wasn't leaning into enough in the previous weeks. The time and attention with the individual. Um, kids and yeah. I, and that is something that because i could let go of some of the expectations around doing other things that when say will would say oh dad come and look at this instead of saying oh hang on a minute i've just got to finish this i could just put something down and go you know what that's not that important and then i go yeah. off and follow him and then be with him and and i know most parents probably do that already but i haven't been doing that i i know this stuff is really important but I've always had lots of other things that I've put as a higher priority and, and I've rejigged that now. And I, and it seems to, uh, it's just, it's been way, way more fun for me as well. And, yeah, good. and that attention, I think, um, yeah, with, well, I mean, even with the girls, I, I said earlier, I, I've even been front loading the day and just, I've noticed the girls are jumping on the, the tablet first, like six thirty in the morning. And this morning I just went, I could hear them wake up. I was like, and I was wide awake because I'd been up about half an hour. And um, as soon as they started looking for the tablet, I just went, ah, oh, I'll just go in there. And I jumped on the bed and I just started reading a story with them. And we had the best morning. We spent like half yeah. an hour chatting, you know, goofing around. And it just set the day off in a completely different arc. And yeah, um, yeah I think whenever I can put the time in up front, it just makes massive difference down the track and whenever i back off early on i just pay the price and so so there's been massive lessons for me this week short-term gain long-term pain yeah yeah if you back off (laughs) yeah Yeah. that's right yep um and i think a lot of people are kind of picking up on that um the life or the daily priorities what's important and what's not um as you say, there's some things that are important and there's some things that are not as important. Um, and it's just working out what's important to me as a dad, as opposed to me as the guy who gets these little people sorted and sends them off to school. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I think it's, yeah, changing that whole mindset. And being a bit more present as well. Because, yeah, normally it's like just shuffling people out the door. Come on, guys, got to hustle, got to get to school. And when you don't have that, you know, time pressure necessarily, yeah, it does change change things if you let it. Obviously, you know, I think the first couple of weeks I was trying to stick to the the routine and the game plan but um yeah i think they're the those key touchstones in the day but the rest of the thing is much more mobile and that um that is actually quite it's quite liberating yeah so i didn't think i'd say you'll be (laughs) (laughs) you'll be putting your hand up to work from home for good now and well it's a a great question no i i reckon i reckon there's a there's a hybrid model waiting to pop out of this and i think because like um for certain things, working from home is way better. Like yeah. I don't, I don't do um, open plan that well. Like noise cancelling headphones are an absolute necessity, and preferably putting up some, you know, some monitors in the way to hide <laughs> any movement around me. And so, just for certain tasks, like whatever it is, like some stuff you have to go a bit deep on, uh, yep. or really deep on if you if you can muster the the energy. And yep. there are some situations where. Uh, and an open plan office is not one of those. Uh, so we're, I think there's definitely certain tasks that lend themselves to being at home, certain tasks that lend themselves to being in an office. So I, my call would be that there's going to be a lot of, you know, three to two, something like that, balances between yep. working from home and working in the office moving forward. Yeah, yep, yeah. No, I've, um, as I said before, from working in a, you know, in a uh, corporate job, um, I found the if you could get in an hour or two before everyone else, you get a lot more done in that time. Yeah. Than, and even if you don't have people coming up to you asking questions, it's I think it's just the hustle and bustle kind yeah. of slows you down. Distractions, a bit. breaking yeah. that chain of thought. And I yeah. find late at night as well. That like if I'm doing something really important, if the house is quiet, I can really like put a lot of focus on something for quite an extended period of time. Uh, yeah. And, you know, get into that. I actually think I've occasionally got into that flow state doing that. And yep. um, that's something that I don't think you could, e- I could even attempt to do in an open plan office. There's just no way. Yeah. Like going through, an, you know, I don't know, a contract or something like in yeah. a flow state. Yeah. No, <laughs> you got to hide away to do that stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, and it's generally like, if you do decide to stay back late, you're generally like half an hour in and then you start to think, where's the nearest Coke machine? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have I got any chips hidden at the back of my bottom drawer here? (laughs) That's that's the interesting thing. You like the way uh, work will be different to uh, office, um, home when people go back. (laughs) They have all these (laughs) cravings for like snacks that they had at certain times during the day at home. (laughs) (laughs) Take three yeah, three sandwich be, boxes. <laughs> complaining to you, or you'll be taking in a big esky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Complaining to your boss, why can't we have popcorn at 9.30? Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. So um, I think like that's, I mean, those have been a lot of the things that have come out of this week. I, I'd mm. love to, I mean, something you you gave me last week was your um perspective taking sheet which was yep. really helpful Arnie. um and i found that i actually went through the process with annie and well yep. i mean can you give us a bit of a a description again about what the perspective taking sheet is yeah so the 
perspective taking sheet is just a it's a very simple technique it's not my technique by any means it's um I don't know who came up with it initially but um it basically talks people or it's a tool for um parents to talk through their kids in a situation where the um kids may have behaved in a certain way or reacted in a certain way that we don't necessarily want them to or was inappropriate so they might have yelled or screamed or had a bit of a meltdown or something um and it gives them the opportunity to kind of go through that situation reflect on it look at it from different people's perspective to see you know what was the nature of the argument what where was the conflict or where was the confusion where was the frustration um and trying to work out what could we do differently next time so yeah. it breaks it up the um worksheet kind of breaks it up into different sections um and it's a general kind of approach that you can use i'll use i'll generally go through the process very differently with each client yeah um and it'd make more sense if people were actually looking at it but the approach that i kind of go through i'll start off every perspective taking kind of session with the client to just get them to tell me what happened reassuring them that they're not in trouble i'm not here to discipline them or tell them off or to tell their parents what punishment they need it's just you know tell me what happened tell me the facts if i was um if i had to reenact it can you set the scene basically um and that can be either them telling me or them writing it out or them drawing a picture about what happened um and any one of those approaches can tell you a lot about you know i guess some of the concern or the sources for the frustration for the kids yeah um and then the next step is to look at from the different parties who were involved what emotion were they feeling so Mm. you know were you feeling angry were you feeling confused were you feeling frustrated were you feeling disappointed and then how do you know you were feeling that so that helps the kids to kind of learn that connection between the emotion and And the feeling self-awareness yeah so um did i know it because i was thinking that or did i know it because I was behaving a certain way. Did I know it because I had the physical sensations? Um, did I know it because I punched him in the face? And I always do that when I'm angry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then looking at it from the other person's perspective, how do you think they felt? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and trying to keep it fun. So, you know, draw dad's emotion when you had this argument draw dad's face what did it look like yeah that's um, what i liked about it yeah actually because yeah. you have space to, for the faces don't you and it's like actually yeah, yeah i draw the expression you know and um yeah. you know confusion or anger or whatever yeah yeah um and i'll you know try and make that as fun as possible so you know joke around with the kid if they say dad was angry or this person was angry and they'll draw an angry face i'll be like that's not angry. Show me your angry face. Come on. Yeah. What's that look like? How do you know? Yeah, yeah. How do you know if I'm angry or <laughs> do I just look mean? And um, just get them to, you know, really talk about the eyes, the facial expression. 
um, the tone, body language, all that sort of thing. So it's on the one hand, it's helping them understand that situation and unpack the situation, but that part of the activity is also about helping them understand emotions and how to read emotions in themselves and others. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was really interesting because they, I went through it a couple of times actually, but one of the best ones was I was taking the kids down to the, the beach Yep. and um, I had it in my mind. This was one of the tasks, you know, we had morning tea at 10.30 and it was like, yep, we're going to go down the beach, get some exercise, some sunlight and get back in. And um, I just could not get them to hang out all together. Like, and, yep. and I think one of them, uh, there were a few things. It took a while to get all the bikes organized and that sort of stuff. And then we, we headed off and then the wheels fell off figuratively uh, when I think one of the girls teased Will or something like that and he decided to go back and the girls had gone off and, and it was just all over the shop and, and I was like guys we can't do this like if we're going to go somewhere and I think I'd I'd seen a neighbour go past ringing their bell with all the kids all in a neat little line and just going <laughs> morning neighbour <laughs> like all smiles and I think I, I just had that sort of anchor uh, in, in my head yeah. thinking oh, why, why can't I get this to work right now and so I just pulled the pin and said look guys we've got to go back we can't do this so and they were all pretty bummed about it but I, I went back into the house and I was really pretty by myself. And I sat down at the table and went, right, everyone around the table, if you want to do schoolwork, sat at the table right now, we can do that. And they were pretty upset about that prospect. Yeah. And instead of actually jumping into the schoolwork, I got pieces of paper out. We've got loads of pads around at the moment. It's great. And I went, right, so what actually happened here? And I started drawing like bikes i said you know this is how i saw what happened you know the yeah. the four bikes and there are four different directions with all the bikes <laughs> this is what i wanted to happen and this is what seemed to be happening and then yeah. you know uh, and like and they all straight away just grabbed pencils and they started drawing what they thought was happening and yeah. and they're all like they're really enthusiastic about it like i i wasn't even going to go down that path i was going to start off by just drawing what happened why we came back and and you know what i'd like us to try and do next time but instead they actually jumped on without prompting and started drawing as well no no it was like this and and yeah. they just ran ran with it and it was great because yeah. they all got to the conclusion of well if we want to go down the beach then we do have to all ride together and we have to stop at the curbs to wait to cross the road all as a team and and that sort of stuff and but that was all enlisted from themselves none of it came from me and i think in the past few weeks there's been a lot of me saying what needs to happen and and that obviously rubs people up the wrong way and i don't know i know that (laughs) but but don't necessarily do that (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's been really interesting to to try. But one thing I didn't do is the the faces, and that would have been really yep. good to actually put in there. <laughs> Let's let what what sort of expression do you think Daddy had on his face? How do you think he was feeling at this point? I'd be like, Dad had a jealous face when the neighbour rode past. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the next stage in the perspective taking is just um as you were suggesting there, it's just about unpacking why people were feeling those different emotions. Like why were you feeling frustrated when we had to go back? Will, why were you feeling like you wanted to go back to the house um, as opposed to 
continuing on with the ride down the beach. So, you know, taking that step and then the next step is about what could we do differently? Just brainstorm it. Nothing's a bad idea. Yeah. We're just kind of looking at different ideas and then you do the quick assessment of, right, if we did that, how do you think Dad would feel if we did that? How do you think Will would feel? Um, and then working through each of the different scenarios that you come up with and then kind of working out, right, what can we do next time? Yeah, and we've all got ownership over the plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and as much as possible, I'll get up the um, client to write it out. Um, so then it's in their handwriting or it's in their um, their drawings or I'll write it out but I'll use their words. So, you know, I'll check in with them and say, all right, so how how can I write that? What sentence do you want me to write here? So it's really, you know, they have that sense of ownership yeah. so they can come out and say, I had that meltdown, I punched that kid at school, but here's what I'll do next time. Yeah. And it's my idea. It's not something that Arnie has told me to do. Yeah, this is time. my it's plan. Not, yeah. Yeah. It's not the teacher that's come up to me and said not to do that and to do this um, or even worse, just said not to do that. So then I'm like, well, what do I do? Yeah. Because that, that's all I think of. When I get angry, I want to hit someone. So, And they're telling me not to. Um, there can be that frustration of, what do I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and and also not wanting to push back on someone telling you to do something. Because I think, you know, as a parent, often it's a, I, you shouldn't do that. You need to do that. And yeah. I must admit, when you flip it around, if someone told me to do that, I'd do completely <laughs> the opposite. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, yep. I, often, I, I often use that lens as well now. Like, how would I react if a colleague talked to me in that manner? And yeah. invariably, in previous conversations I've had with my kids, I've thought, man, that is not how you'd expect a colleague to talk to you. And, <laughs> and I think that's a really good lens for, yeah. you know, sort of just testing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I'd throw a glass of water on the ground too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, gloves would be off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it is, it is very helpful. Hmm. Yeah. But um, sure. yeah, so thanks for sharing that. That's uh, really, really good. And I'll definitely be uh, making sure there's pads of paper around all over the <laughs> shop. <laughs> now, um, I think um, that was pretty much it for, for me this week. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add, Arnie? Um, I think, well, the only other thing that we briefly spoke about before is um, how the novelty is kind of wearing off the um, video conferencing yeah. kind of interactions for for a lot of kids as well as adults. Um, so, you know, families in general are struggling to enjoy that, just sit down and have a chat with your mate for half an hour at the end of the school day. Yeah. Um, and so one thing that I've been working with kids is to try and look at in their f whole school day um, before coronavirus, so, you know, life BC, um, <laughs> what did school look like for them and really interrogating them on that. So not just oh, I get to school, we have class, then we have recess, then we have more classes and then we have lunch, but what do you do between period one and two? What do you do before 
homeroom? Um, what do you do during homeroom? What do you do in your classes? What do you do at recess? What do you do at lunch? So kind of unpacking that and finding out that, you know, between period one and two, I'll be walking beside my mate for yeah a couple of minutes. And, and those you know, times will add up throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's not just conversation. That's a hip and shoulder or, you know, you might be hanging it on each other when you're playing down ball. <laughs> so there all those different activities that you'll be doing and the different interactions that you're doing that just can't be replicated in um over the in, web uh, video chat <laughs> video conferencing yeah so um it's about trying to work out other ways to mix that in so um you know you might have seen a lot of those videos on social media of football teams around the world showing players you know kicking a soccer ball off to someone else and then they yeah. cut to yeah, yeah. the new scene uh, or netballers or footy players or whatever, um, maybe getting the kids, getting their friends to do a similar one of those. So there's some physical activity, there's some um, cognitive or some brain challenges there to come up with something and then creating that video. So it's yeah. more than just sit down and talk, which is, you know, kids don't sit down and talk. Yeah, they want to do something. Um, yeah, yeah. It's so always a, and and give them something to do, especially if it's making a video. Because I mean, one of the tasks the girls had this morning was to make a video, um, and um, and that took up like an hour. And everyone there was laughter and everything. It was great. Yeah. They yeah. rolled me in as I was acting a baker at one stage, <laughs> chasing someone <laughs> for stealing some bread. I was trying to convince the girls they had to put on an English accent if they were you know, being <laughs> sent to Australia. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> They weren't having a bar of it, but um, I didn't want to do. It. No, no, no. <laughs> just, Where's the commitment? Come I know. On. Come on, <laughs> get, get in, uh, get in character. Come on. <laughs> what are you, amateurs? <laughs> and um, but I think um, yeah, that'd be right because the, there's there's a lot more interest and involvement than if they're actually creating something. And if the, if it's working with their friends and on a shared project, then you know it's almost like a a common thing that they're they're having to work towards and and i think i haven't seen much of that come from the school yet but i reckon you're right that could be a really a, a really good engagement tool i'm yeah. sure i'm sure there's you know many many teachers are across that oh no doubt yep we'll leave that for the teachers though. yeah totally hand oh. back anytime soon <laughs> it's over back to you guys we love your work <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> With a new level of appreciation. Oh, yes. Yeah, that case of wine is winging its way to you. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, um, yeah I think um, that's great, Oni. That's been a great update. Thanks ever so much for taking the time again. Uh, really enjoy no it as cool. ever. And uh, yeah, Likewise, yeah. Hang in there. Stay sane. I mean, you're doing a much better job than most of us. <laughs> You're the guy we need to talk to. <laughs> and, uh, it's all the front. <laughs> look forward to, uh, uh, it makes me feel so much better when you say that, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks ever so much for listening. I hope you enjoy that conversation with Arnie as much as I did. If you are enjoying these conversations, please give the show a rating. And even more so, please review it. I love reading reviews and it really helps others discover the podcast.
If you or your kids are particularly struggling at the moment and would like to reach out to Arnie, I'll put some links to his practice in the show notes at thedadmindset.com. Another podcast which you might find helpful if you haven't got onto it yet is Maggie Dent's Parental as Anything podcast. This week she's done a great episode with Justin Coulson on how to stop your kids fighting, which I could have really done with uh, listening to last week. Anyway, just search Parental as Anything or Maggie Dent to check it out. That's all from me. I hope you stay safe and sane and until next time, enjoy your caffeinated beverage. <laughs>